Welcome in to another episode of the Back and Forth Podcast, a Friday episode. I'm your host, Stat Matt, a.k.a. Matt Raftery, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Joey G. And we've got a little bit of, we'll call it a college sports episode, because it kind of mixes in college basketball with college football, and uh, primarily what we'll be looking at, you could even call it the State of Nevada uh, episode for Back and Forth, because both these schools that we'll be talking about do reside within the state of Nevada. Let's start with it. Let's start local, I, I guess. And Joey, I think we just when we thought we had an all-time low with UNLV basketball when it came to attendance, I I thought we had. You think seen, they can't get any lower? And it's you, like you're like this has to be rock bottom, right? Nope. <laughs> and they prove us all wrong on Wednesday with the they re- prove us wrong in the worst ways, not in the best ways, right? And it's not like they have no shot against UCLA, and then they pull it off. It's like. There's no way they, you know, lose uh, three straight games, and then the following game they get less than 1,000 people in the arena. And UNLV's like, well, watch this. We got, we got something up, up our sleeves for this. Yeah, it was originally reported by Mike Romala that um, he had counted about 300 people in attendance for UNLV versus Seattle on Wednesday night at the Mandalay Bay. The reported number that came out of ESPN was 600. 71. 671, Matt. We'll cut. We'll round. We'll round down and say 600 because that's 671. That's um, that's a big number. Yeah. It. I mean, it's like half the capacity at a high school gym. So, I don't even know. Like, that's. I don't know how else to say that other than it's embarrassing. That's that's bad for a Division One program. Like almost unacceptable. Yeah. Um. It, it kind of goes back to what I was saying, that there's just really not a lot of culture or excitement at UNLV right now. And um, we we know it's not we know it's not the mandate now that's that's keeping people out of the arena. Because there's no mandate at Mandalay Bay. There's no mandate at Mandalay Bay. All you have Bay. to do is wear a mask. That's and it. And there's no mandate at a, a T-Mobile arena. Yeah. And arguably, there are probably about 600 UNLV fans at the uh, Michigan game and at the Wichita State game looking at the crowd. Most of that arena was covered in uh, – Michigan Blue or Wichita State. Yeah, there was a lot of Arizona. There was a lot of Michigan. There was a lot of Wichita State fans. And UNLV was not – they were the least loud people in that arena. I'll just say that. Um, and that was technically – that was pretty much a home game that, for them. It was within their own city. Their home arena was, what, two miles down the street, if that. Yeah. Um, and somehow we were last in attendance in that in that four. People from Kansas and Michigan and Arizona – uh, made the trip and were there to support their schools, but UNLV, which is within the own city, weren't even there. Uh, so, and that's just the state of the the program right now. You know, you had on that same night you had the Golden Knights playing at T-Mobile Arena, um, and there was tickets as cheap as nineteen dollars. Mm-hmm. Tickets were actually cheaper to go see the Knights play that same night at T-Mobile Arena than to go see UNLV play Seattle at Mandalay Bay Arena. Um. So I mean that kind of explains why I guess because I mean if you're given, I, I've I've been a I've been going to UNLV basketball games since I was four years old, uh, but if you lay it out in front of me on a table and saying hey, nineteen dollars seats to go watch the Golden Knights play or go see UNLV play Hartford for forty six bucks, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Knights so and I think anyone else with a brain is gonna go ahead and pick the Golden Knights, and uh, now going into tomorrow UNLV's giving out twenty five hundred. 2,500 free tickets. Like, that's how desperate the the program is right now. They're giving out 
2,500 tickets. Not even like fees or anything attached. No, you just yeah. go on, you order it, and... 2,500 yeah. free tickets. Um, like that's a, that, You're losing a lot of money doing that. Because I'm sure they have to pay... Uh, I'm sure they're paying Mandalay Bay to use the arena. I'm not sure. I'm, I, I, I seriously doubt Mandalay Bay is like, yeah, come on in, guys. We'll, we'll host you for a couple of games. Like, UNLV's paying to play there. Um, and all the other things UNLV still has to pay for. They got to pay for all their their games on the road this year, their hotel rooms, you know, flying on the plane, like all their gear, all that, the whole nine yards. Uh, so they're losing a lot of money uh, giving out 2,500 free tickets. And if, if UNLV can't, if you know we can't sell out 2,500 tickets that they're giving out for free, you got a real problem. Like you got to start winning games like as soon as you can. Like there's really not, like like, I know me and Matt are always saying be patient, but UNLV I think is at least with the basketball program, is very much in a state of urgency right now. Um, you have not been relevant in the last five five years or so, and people are quickly losing interest. And UNLV football, I think, has a little more time just because of where they're playing at. And I feel like at least for three years, three or two years until the hype of Allegiant Stadium wears down, they're going to get a good amount of people because that's a an amazing venue and people want to go to Allegiant. Like, I see people in Raiders jerseys at the UNLV football games. Like, they just want to go out and check out Allegiant Stadium. So I feel like UNLV football is a little more time, but basketball right now is, is very – make or break like they have to figure this out fast because like people you got 600 people at your game you know i i can only imagine what it would have been at the thomas and mac that same night if there if the rodeo wasn't here they probably would have gotten like 2k and it would just look sad and pathetic in that arena and it's very hard you know asking me and matt going to unlv games now because when me and matt and a lot of people are from vegas that went to these games as kids um it was it was hard to find a seat because I remember I've, I've always sat in the student section because even when I was little people, I had family or whatever that gave me the student tickets and whatnot. And um, me and my me and my dad would have to get to the arena like an hour, an hour and a half early because it's general admission within those few sections just so we could get good seats. Now me and Matt, 19 years old now, we show up five minutes before tip off of that and our, our front row seats right there are still waiting for us. So um yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty bad now. They they got to start winning some games and they got to make some noise in conference play. Like they gotta they have to start winning games they're not supposed to win. Like when you get a big crowd in, um, like playing them close isn't even enough. Like they didn't even do that with UCLA, but but playing opponents close right now isn't even enough anymore. Like you have to start, you have to start making some noise. So we'll see. Um, we'll see how they do against Hartford. They should. I hope to God they get a good crowd there. I mean, you're literally giving out two thousand five hundred free tickets. So. Um, if that doesn't get people's attention, then man, I don't know what's gonna—I don't know what's gonna get their attention. So hopefully they they can pull that off and, and make some noise and uh, they start playing a little bit better in conference play. But I was just telling Matt before we went on, UNLV's best and complete game of the season was actually probably Wednesday night when there was 600 people in the crowd. They played their best overall game, I think, beating Seattle by 20 points. Um, and again, that was with nobody in attendance. So. We'll see how we'll see how it works out for them. Yeah, um, I don't have much more to say other than that. But but, but seeing that in Mandalay Bay, that's that's pretty sad. It is sad. And looking at Wednesday night, and I kid you not, and this is a thought that crossed my mind: if Joey was in town Wednesday night, I probably would have gotten tickets to go see the Golden Knights. As sad as that is, like yeah. I would have been like, because that. Why were they so cheap that night? Do you know? Maybe just not a lot of people going. Um, could have had a lot of 
maybe a lot of people are down at the rodeo, um, um, variety of reasons. But in any case, I mean, yeah, I, I'd be spending the 20 or 25 bucks a ticket, whatever it was, to go see the Golden Knights. Um, a, you're going to have to pay for parking regardless of which event you have to go to, whether it's the uh, Rebels game or VGK. And at the end of the day, right now at least, the Vegas Golden Knights are putting on a better show. So you're getting basically more bang for your buck in a sense. And um, I, I thought it was really neat that UNLV decided to uh, to give out 2,500 free tickets to fans. And uh, usually when we're talking about free tickets with UNLV, it's usually just uh, pertaining to uh, students that want to go. But now, I mean, you get 2,500 free tickets for fans. Um, I mean, it's a Saturday at noon they should be able to pull a decent crowd. There's nothing really conflicting with that time slot. There's not really, there's no VGK game. Uh, Vegas Gold Knights would play the night before. There's a UFC fight down the road at T-Mobile, but even still, I mean, that those UFC cards usually don't start till about three or four o'clock. And you have the rodeo that won't start till later that night. So there's really no other conflicting events going on tomorrow at that time with UNLV. They should be able to pull out a decent crowd between maybe students that want to go because this will be um, right after finals. So a lot of kids will be on break. So maybe the local ones, they want something to do. Um, I, I don't know. I I pray that UNLV brings out a decent crowd. I think if they could get anywhere from three to 5,000, because if you look at it, they've normally been averaging about four to 5,000 a game, give or take, for UNLV. If they can pull right around that, I think that they got to be pretty happy with that. And to kind of what Joey was saying, I do think the athletic department was losing a little bit of money on this game by, um, by you know, getting the twenty five hundred free tickets because I just did some simple math and let's say the average ticket price was twenty bucks for a game, that's fifty thousand dollars that they just gave away. Even uh, if- I'd say the average is probably, I'd say thirty five. Seeing how much those tickets were on uh, Monday. Yeah. So let's just say thirty five. What Ten. times twenty five hundred? Yeah. Eighty seven grand. That's a lot of money to be giving away for a non conference basketball game. Yeah. And so, so it's probably somewhere in that eighty. They probably lost by doing that somewhere in that eighty five to one hundred grand range. I would guess. Now, I from what I heard, this was covered through donors. So maybe they got a really good donation from one of the boosters that covered the ticket price. I don't. I don't know, but um, in any case, if whether it's through a donation or whether they UNLV athletic department themselves just stepped up and said, Hey, we need people at the game. We'll just buy 2,500 tickets and give them out. Yeah. Um, however it may have worked, um, somewhere along the way, there was a lot of money shelled out. So, um, I, I hope UNLV fans show up tomorrow. Again, it's a Saturday at noon. That should be feasible enough for fans to make. There's not really any other sporting events that conflict that time. Um, it's not like Wednesday night where you had VGK going on at the same time. You had the rodeo at the Thomas and Mac going on. Um, there's not really that excuse with this game coming up on Saturday. And it's a game that UNLV should win, I hope. Jeez, if they lose to Hartford, yikes. Yeah. Um, but and they'll be starting a lot, lot less than 600. Yeah, they, they'll be getting like 50. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you just hope for the best with UNLV, honestly, I think. Um, again, this should be a pretty easy win for UNLV to kind of get them back on track. They'll, you know, it'd be their second straight win off the road trip. Um, maybe it's a confidence booster. 
we'll see how this this team looks, and uh, we'll see how the the stands look for sure. Um, I do hope, like we said, you know, we get three anywhere from three to five thousand. I think that's pretty reasonable to ask for UNLV uh, given their averages. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. We'll have an update on that, by the way, on Monday's radio show of back and forth. Uh, so we'll either be saying that's eh, a decent crowd from UNLV or Yikes! They did it again. Um, <laughs> Probably yikes! They did it again. I, it wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me with that option. But from one Nevada university to another one up north, uh, they the Nevada Wolfpack have hired a new head coach for their football program. Ken Wilson is going to be the head football coach for the Wolfpack. Ken Wilson is formerly the Oregon co-defensive coordinator. So um, I, I don't know what it is with Nevada teams and uh, their fascination with Oregon football, but <laughs> uh, UNLV seem to uh, be fascinated with Marcus Arroyo, the former offensive coordinator for Oregon, and now the Wolfpack picking up the co-defensive coordinator from Oregon and Ken Wilson. Uh, my initial thoughts is I don't know how – good or bad this is going to make Nevada football. I mean, they could probably take a little bit of a a decline in the next two to three years, at least until they get a, I guess, rebuild. But maybe it makes the the Governor Series a little more interesting moving forward. Yeah, uh, I feel like, excuse me, not Oregon, Nevada is going to win the hard way, kind of similar to what UNLV did. I think you need to hire somebody who has head coaching experience. Um, I know everyone has to get their start somewhere, but unless you're really sure on the guy, you don't want to be that, that, that start, if that makes sense. Uh, you don't want to be that testing ground for him. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of established coaches that UNR could have poached. Um, and also what UNR needs to start doing, and I feel like this is one of the main reasons that Jay Norval left. Um, it's not, I feel like it has nothing to do with, I mean, it, it kind of does have something to do with money. I base, I guess it does, but not money within the contract but just the facilities at UNR like UNR has been real, like they've been pretty successful in both sports in the last five years or so. I feel like if they can want the booster money, they can get it. Um, but they need whether a new stadium or an upgrade to McKay stadium, like majorly, and they need to get their own football facility and they need to, I think they got a basketball facility under Eric Musselman. So I think that's why you're able to get guys like Steve Alford and you're able to have Eric Musselman for, the four years that he was there, because normally a coach like that probably bolts after two years with the success he's had there. Um, so they need to put those resources into football, which is their their main money maker, and which has probably been the most successful out of all their programs, at least. So um, I feel like that's what Nevada has to start doing once they once they get another coach in football like that. Uh, they they can't let them slip out of their hands, and they need to you know they need to start like Nevada at least. Record-wise, they're in a better position um, to become a Power 5 school, I think, than UNLV is. Uh, but UNLV just has the leg on them because UNLV has nicer facilities. They have the Mendenhall Center. They have the Fertitta Football Complex. They play in Allegiant Stadium, and they have the Thomas & Mack Center. So they have all those things that a Power 5 school wants. But, you know, when it comes to actually playing the sport, eh, not so much. And UNR is the, the exact polar opposite. So, um, But I, I don't know much about this guy. I probably would have gone in a different direction. I would have hired like even the Eastern Washington head coach. I think he's doing a good job over at Eastern Washington and give him a shot over at a, uh, at UNR, uh, maybe look for 
smaller Division One schools than UNR and and or than UNR uh, within FBS football and try and pick him up. Uh, but I mean, even the UTSA coach, like I feel like they could have made a run at the UTSA head coach. So we'll we'll, we'll see uh, the direction they go in. But losing Jay Norvell is going to sting. Like that was that was about as good as a coach they could have gotten for that school. He was a great offensive mind, uh, and he's going over to Colorado State. So that losing him is going to sting. I mean, they had really they had two great coaches there uh, in Eric Musselman and Jay Norvell, and I mean they really should have fought like hell to keep them. Um, and I'm not saying they didn't. I'm sure they did, obviously, but. Uh, Arkansas has just got more resources, and Colorado State has more resources, so they gotta they gotta step up their game, I guess, in that department. But that's crazy that both those guys were were at that university at one time because those are those are two great coaches. But we'll see how this hire works out for them. Obviously, being in Vegas and supporting UNLV, you hope it doesn't work out. Uh, so, but I mean, look how look how well the Oregon coordinator worked out for UNLV. So maybe you and I will be in the same the same boat as us. Proceed to uh, go winless the first year and then pick up two wins the following year. I also don't like hiring defensive coordinators. Like, even in the National Football League, like, making defensive coordinators head coaches a lot of times has not worked. Um, I feel like they should have got – if they were going to hire an assistant, I feel like they should have gone in the direction of a, a offensive coordinator. Like, that's just worked better in National Football and in, and in college football uh, in the last few years a lot better. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of with Joey here on this one. I'd – I don't think it's going to work very well. Um, at least I probably would have gone in a different direction. It's a guy that I don't think really anybody knows a whole lot about. And we're basically, you know, you, UNR is basically giving this guy his first head coaching gig, which I, I mean, I'm all for first opportunities and whatnot. But I, I think if you're UNR, given where you were, this is kind of a bad hire. This is actually a not kind of it is a bad hire um yeah. given where it, what jay norvell brought to the table he had a guy in carson strong that is most likely a top 10 pick depending on the order um, i can't imagine he's going to drop out of the top 10 and i, I just I, I see this program taking a decline next year the year after and maybe even the year after that the, the first three or so years and maybe this ken wilson can get the rebuild put together and you know we're talking about UNR being competitive again in four or five years but at least in the short term I highly doubt it just because uh, Oregon has lost so many pieces to that uh, football program already this offseason you have Mario Cristobal going to Miami you've got I, th I think a couple other coordinators um, either they're going to follow Cristobal or they're they're going elsewhere this guy obviously coming to UNR it, yeah it's I, I don't I don't like to hire for Reno, um, but as a Rebel fan, I'm not going to sit here and complain about it either because, like I said, at the end of the day, maybe it's going to make the rivalry a little more competitive and uh, we're going to see maybe UNLV uh, grab a couple uh, back from Reno that they, they stole uh, the past couple years where they came into Allegiant the year before, uh, two years ago during the, uh, the COVID season and ripped UNLV a new one and then uh, ripped UNLV another new one this uh this past season up in Reno so um definitely like the outlook for UNLV uh with this hire just because like I said it it, <laughs> it puts another team on the schedule that maybe they can get a win over and uh, gets them a little bit closer to uh, eventually one year being bowl eligible um if Marcus Royal is able to do that but um kind of an oddball hire I'll leave it at that yeah. with 
Ken Wilson, um, I don't know. Maybe the guy does well. We'll we'll see. We've kind of been shocked before when it comes to uh, no name hires. He apparently well. spent spent time in Nevada a while ago, um, in nineteen eighty nine. Got his start there, so he's got some history. That probably makes a little more sense now. He spent some uh, time with the Wolf Pack. However, you know, nineteen eighty nine is a lot different than two thousand twenty one. Yeah, it, it definitely is, and. Um, Again, I, I, I hope UNLV can at least take advantage in the short term of this hire because at least uh, in the next probably three years or so, um, I don't anticipate UNLV, or UNR being as competitive as they have been in years past. Yeah. We'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to wait and uh, see how this head coach does there. Yeah, we'll definitely have to. But uh, we will talk to you guys later on next week on Monday for the radio show that can be heard on 91.5 The Rebel HD2 from 6 to 7 p.m. every Monday. We'll have podcasts being released next week as well, uh, especially with school and finals wrapping up and all that. Um, we'll definitely have some more free time and availability to get more of those episodes out on a cons- more consistent basis. We appreciate you guys tuning in to this episode of the Back and Forth Podcast. Remember, you can find this wherever you find your audio podcast. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter at Backforth Podcast, or excuse me, at Backforth Pod. Instagram is at Backforth Podcast, and of course, it'll always be retweeted and shared by Joey and I's personal uh, social accounts. So um, you'll have that as well. Um, until Monday, enjoy the weekend, and as we always like to say, especially here on a Friday for Back and Forth, let's go Rebels. Mm-hmm.